Good day. We're back with Latin 2 from the Church of St. Agnes. And in this uh, audio recording, we will be doing our homework, our exercises for Unit 19. So please turn to page 159. And we were doing the uh, even-numbered exercises this week. So let's dive right in. Take a look at number 2 on page 159. Fili dimi tuntur tibi pecata tua. Um, so we see fili standing out there with a comma, and we see that it ends in I. That's the irregular vocative of the second declension, I-U-S nouns. Son, your sins dimi tuntur are forgiven or remitted unto you or in respect to you. Your sins are forgiven in reference to you. That tibi there is a dative of reference, a uh, dative of advantage in this particular case. So, tibi, uh, pecata tua is the subject. Dimituntur is your passive verb. They are being remitted. Very good. Fili, there you have the vocative case of the second declension. I-U-S noun. <clears throat> okay, number four. Panis autem quem ego dabo caro mea est promundi vita. However, panis, the bread, quem ego dabo, which I will give, right, which I will give, quem refers back to panis, caro mea est, is my flesh promundi vita, on behalf of the vita mundi, on behalf of the life of the world. So, however, the bread which I will give is my flesh on behalf of the life of the world. Uh, again, uh, from the Gospel of John here, chapter 6. Um, okay, good. That's pretty straightforward. Let's take a look at number 6. Kuran's nos. Jesus in latere vulneratus est et e fudit sanguinem salutis. Okay, so we see curans, and we, we notice that that's a participial ending, a present participial ending in the nominative. We see Jesus there. He is the subject. Jesus. What kind of Jesus is he? He's a kurans nos, caring for us. That describes Jesus, right? It's a nominative, singular, masculine. It's a participle. Nos is its object. Caring for us. Jesus, vulneratus est, there's your verb, was wounded in latere, in the side, in his side, et e fudit, from fundo, and he poured forth sanguinem salutis. The blood of salvation. Very good. So, uh, again, a fairly straightforward sentence. The important thing in that one, uh, to note that kurans nos, that participial phrase, modifying Jesus. Let's take a look at number eight. Uh, here we have a slight problem. Uh, let's take a look in Latin. Aquibus custodientes vos bene agetis. This comes from Acts of the Apostles. Chapter 15, verse 29. What Collins is 
admirably trying to do now in this point in the book and a little bit earlier, but now increasingly so, is to incorporate real Latin sentences that he's found either in the Vulgate or in other, in other uh, sources. This is an admirable goal, but unfortunately, uh, on more than one occasion, uh, and this is one of them, he um, cuts into the sentence or adapts it or cuts it in such a way that it doesn't make much sense. Uh, when I first read this sentence, it, it's, it's not a very good Latin sentence, and I went to Acts and looked at my Vulgate, and I see that the reason it's not a very good sentence is the beginning part of it has been removed. So it stands out here, a quibus custodientes vos bene agetis, and we're not quite sure what the a quibus refers to. Literally it says, from which either people or things guarding, you will do well. Well, the main sentence is vos bene agetis, you will do well, you will carry on well. And then we have the participial phrase, custodientes, which is plural nominative, modifying the uh, understood subject in the verb agetis, you, you all. You all will do well. That's the future tense in the third conjugation. E is the sign of the future in the third conjugation, agetis. Guarding aquibus, from which or away from which. Well, if you check the passage in the Vulgate, you will see that preceding this, as a matter of fact, part of this sentence is actually a list of sins and outrageous sorts of behavior and, and wicked types of people and so forth that you need to guard against. So the aquibus refers back to them. The problem with Collins putting this sentence here is that he's taken away the antecedent of quibus, so we're not sure what's going on. But the point is, what it says is, from which guarding, or guarding away from which, in other words, guarding, we would say, guarding against which things, you will do well, you will lead a good life. Um, we don't need to say more about it. The only problem is, as I say, it's a, it's a sentence from Acts, but not a complete sentence as it is presented there. That's why it's difficult to understand. So let's, let's not dwell on that one. Let's go right to number 10. E fundentes preces nostras desideramos fideles tuam salutem nostri, o dulcis Jesu, veni domine Jesu. Okay, this is good practice on your vocatives. So, a fundentes is a participial form from fundo again, uh, and it's a plural, nominative or accusative, but we can see as we go on, desideramos, we have a plural subject contained in the verb mus, ending is we. So what kind of we? We desire, we, we, a fundentes preches nostras. We pouring forth our prayers. Preches nostras is the accusative following the participle efundentes. Pouring forth our prayers, we desire. What kind of we are we? We are fideles. We, the faithful, desire tuam salutem nostri, your salvation 
nostri, of us. That's the um, objective genitive. Remember, nos, nostrum or nostri. So here we have nostri. So we, the faithful, desire your salvation of us. Or we, the faithful, desire our salvation. O dulcis Jesu, O sweet Jesus. Notice, Jesu is an irregular uh, vocative. It's Jesu. And dulcis, third declension adjective modifying it. The vocative looks like the nominative. So that's why it's dulcis. O sweet Jesus. Then we have the command, veni, singular imperative, veni, come, the plural would be venite, come, domine, Jesu, come, Lord Jesus. Notice, dominus is a second uh, declension noun ending in us. Its vocative ends in e. That's an irregularity as well. So it's a good practice sentence because He's piling up all the uh, several of the irregular vocatives uh, to show you how they work, and this is a good example. So one more time, pouring forth our prayers, we, fideles, the faithful, desire your salvation of us, or our salvation. Long for, we long for our salvation. Oh, sweet Jesus, come, Lord Jesus. Very good. Number 12. Volo autem vos shire quod omnis viri caput Christus est. Caput autem mulieris vir, caput vero Christi Deus. This is, uh, comes from the first Corinthians, the letter to the first Corinthians, or the first letter to the Corinthians, sorry. The first letter to the Corinthians. I, however, volo, I want, I wish, vos shire. I want you, Shire, to know, quote, that. Omnis viri caput. Now, at first, when you see omnis, you might think nominative, but as you read a little longer, omnis viri caput, there's the nominative, that the head of omnis viri, of every man, Christus est, is Christ. So I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. However, the head mulieris of the woman is vir, the man or her husband. And the caput, but the caput Christi, but the head of Christ is Deus. <coughs> now notice that in the second part of the sentence, we don't have the verb est expressed. This is common in Latin for est either to drop out entirely or to be expressed one time and uh, having to be supplied by the hearer or the reader later in the sentence. So I want, one more time, I want you, however, to know that the head of every man is Christ, but the head of the woman or the wife is the man or the husband, we vir, mulier is the word for woman, it can also be wife uh, and vir, man or husband. And, but the head of Christi, of Christ, is God. Um, there you have it. I think it's fairly clear. Um, we have uh, th three different heads. We have Christ, we have the Vir, and we have the Deus. Okay. Um, good. That uh, sentence from Corinthians. Let's take a look at 14.
Laudo autem vos fratres. He has it. Uh, he has it uh, in brackets, and he tells us in a footnote that it's not in the Greek original, but it's in the Latin Vulgate. Uh, no, that doesn't need to concern us here. We'll leave it in. Laudo autem vos fratres, quod omnia mei memores estis. Again, from the uh, first letter to the Corinthians. Um, I praise you, brothers or brethren, however, I praise you, because omnia mei memores eris, the estis, the verb is estis, because you are memores, you are mindful, and that takes the genitive, verbs of remembering or forgetting, or adjectives of remembering or for, for forgetting, will be followed by the genitive in Latin. Because you are mindful of me, me, omnia, in all respects. He, he translates that for you. That's an accusative of respect. Um, I don't think we've actually had that as a formal part of a grammar lesson yet. But uh, sometimes there uh, are just uh, words put in the accusative which signify in respect to something, in respect to all things here. So one more time. However... I praise you, brethren, because in all respects you are mindful of me. From Corinthians. That's Paul speaking. Okay, let's look at number 16. Dicit ei mulier domine video quia profeta estu. So the woman says to him, Domine, Lord, there's your vocative. Second declension nouns in U.S., the vocative ends in E. Lord, I see quia that propheta estu, you are a prophet. You may recall this uh, quotation from the fourth chapter of uh, John's Gospel. This is the uh, Samaritan woman by the well. Jesus tells her, uh, "You, I know you don't have a husband. Actually, you've had five in uh, she kind of changes the subject by simply saying, Lord, um, Sir, Domine, I see that you are a prophet. Uh, so that's what she's saying. Pretty straightforward. Again, um, taken right from the Vulgate text of the New Testament. Let's take a look at number 18. Gracias ago Deo meo, semper provobis in gratia Dei. Que data est vobis in Christo Jesu, from the first letter to the Corinthians. So we have the idiom, gracias ago. Remember, agere gracias. Gracias agere means to give thanks. And that will normally be followed by a dative, because you're giving thanks to someone. So I give thanks, Deo meo, to my God, semper, always. Provobis, on behalf of you, in gratia Dei, in the grace of God, que, which, now notice, que does not refer back to God because that would have to be a not, that would have to be a masculine gender, but here the que, the relative pronoun, is a feminine, and it refers obviously back to gratia. In the grace of God, the grace que, which, data est, has been given 
or was given vobis dative to you in Christo Jesus, in Christ Jesus. So you're getting a lot of practice with your personal pronouns here, vobis, in the uh, dative case, because the grace which has been given to you in Christ Jesus. One more time, I give thanks to my God always on behalf of you in the grace of God, the grace which has been given, vobis, to you in Christ Jesus. Very good. Let's take a look at number 20. Dimite eam quia clamat post nos from the Gospel of Matthew. Dimite eam, dismiss her, send her away. Dimito. Mito means to send day away from, right? Dimite eam. Notice, dimite is the singular command, the singular imperative. The E ending on regular third declension ver or third conjugation verbs is the singular imperative ending. Remember, there are four exceptions. Duke, dik, fak, fair, should have had an E, but it's not there. But mito is a regular verb, not one of those four. And so it's dimite, dismiss her, quia, because clamat posnos. She is shouting or clamoring or making a ruckus posnos behind us, after us. Uh, from the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, that's when uh, there's a woman crying out for Jesus, you might remember, to get his attention. So, uh, the important part here, dimite, that singular imperative, that command, um, singular uh, for a third declension verb. All right, number 22. Et elegerunt, et I should say, sorry. Et elegerunt Stephanum, Virum plenum fide et spiritus sancto, from Acts. And they elegerunt Stephanum. They chose, they picked out, that's what elego, elego means. They picked out or they chose Stephen, a man. There's an, an appositive. Stephen, what is he? He's a virum, a man. And then, then plenum modifies him. A man plenum, full or filled with Fide et Spirito Sancto, with faith and the Holy Spirit. Notice the word plenus aum, the adjective, will be followed normally by an ablative. Sometimes you'll see it followed by a genitive, mostly by an ablative. A man filled or full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's, that's a straightforward sentence. How about number 24? Two ergo. Si adoraveris cora me erit tua omnis. Uh, here's another one of these cases where <clears throat> Collins has taken some liberty with the exact Latin of the Vulgate. Um, but let's take a look at it and we'll talk about that in a second. You, therefore, if you will adore me, notice adoraveris, adoraveris is actually the future perfect. Okay, the future perfect, if you will have adored before me or me in front of me, Korame, erit tua omnis, all this, all will be yours. But notice, we have omnis tua, so omnis must be referring to a feminine thing. This will all be yours. And again, 
out of context, it's difficult to know to what that refers. And this passage, as you may have recognized, comes from the Gospel of Luke. This is when Satan tempts Jesus, when he's fasting, and Satan takes him up on top of the temple and shows him the sight of the entire capital and says, if you worship me, this will all be yours. Um, the problem is, <clears throat> removed from the context of the full sentence and full paragraph, we don't know why omnis is modified by, a, or uh, omnis tua is in the feminine. has to refer back to a feminine noun in the previous sentence, which we don't have. But at any rate, the sentence says, you therefore, if you will have adored me or uh, worshipped in, uh, in my presence, you all will be yours. Uh, it's basically a future more vivid condition with uh, the future perfect in the C clause and the regular future indicative in the uh, conclusion. Eret, all will be yours. Eret tua omnis. Okay. Um, sometimes we have to go back to the Vulgate uh, text itself and look to see what uh, the entire context is because, as I say, these sentences are plucked one at a time out of context. Um, at any rate, I think that's clear to you. And um, the important point is there we have a uh, condition, um, and it's a future condition. Uh, okay, number 26. Space autem que videtur non es space. From Romans, yes. Hope, however, space is hope. There's your fifth declension word. Hope, however, hope que videtur, which is seen, non es space, is not hope. Uh, interesting sentence, uh, and Paul talks about this. The hope, however, which is seen, which can be seen with the eye, which is seen, this is the passive of video, uh, is not hope. And, of course, that's the point about the theological virtue of hope. You hope for something that is not realized. If it's seen, it's no longer hope. If it's realized, it's no longer hope. That's the point of the sentence. All right, so uh, not a very long sentence, but one that's uh, theologically interesting uh, in talking about the three, the three, one of the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity. Okay, let's take a look at number 28. Hodie impleta est hec scriptura in auribus vestris. Hodie, today, impleta est hec scriptura. This scriptura, this scripture, this passage of scripture, impleta est, has been filled or fulfilled. Pleo in Latin means to fill, impleo to fill up. Impleta est, perfect passive. This scripture passage has been fulfilled in auribus vestris, in our ears. Um, so there you have it. The scripture passage in our ears has been fulfilled. Again, a straightforward sentence from the Gospel of Luke. Um, number 30. Que est mater mea et fratres mei. So, again, we're taking sentences and small snippets from the, from the Vulgate. This from Mark. When, when someone talks to Jesus and he responds in a rather cryptic and somewhat 
puzzling way when he says, Que est mater mea et fratres mea? And who is my mother and my brothers? Meaning that uh, everybody, all human beings, are really our brethren. So here in Latin, que est mater mea? Who is mea mater, my mother, et fratres mea, and my brothers? Fairly straightforward sentence. Um, these, some of these are quite short. Uh, and um, uh, he's, as I said, he's taking them back uh, out of out of the Gospels and uh, the New Testament passages, and um, sometimes they're rather cryptic as a result of that. But that's that's straightforward. How about thirty-two? Again, another quotation from Jesus: "Omnia mihi tradita sunt a patre meo." All things, omnia. That's the subject. Mihi tradita sunt, have been handed over, mihi, in the dative, me, mihi, me, ego me, mihi, me, me, in our new pronouns that we learned this last week. All things have been handed over, mihi, to me, a patre meo, by my father. They have been handed over to me by or from my father. Um, good. Now, I know we didn't do 33, but that's kind of a fun one, so let's take a look at it, a little longer one. Dixit ergo Jesus Petro. Jesus therefore said to Peter, Mite gladium in vaginam. Uh, Mite gladium in vaginam. Put your sword back in its sheath, its scabbard. Kalichem, the, the cup, quem dated mihi pater, which the Father gave me, to me. Non bibam ilum, shall I not drink it? Uh, this is, of course, when Peter in the garden draws his sword and cuts off the ear of the servant of the high priest by the name of Malchus. And Jesus says, put your sword back in its sheath. Uh, and then he heals the ear. So that's from that particular passage in the Gospels. Okay, uh, 34. He puts that in there. It's kind of nice because uh, we say it every Sunday at Latin Mass. Ite, misa est. Ite, the plural command of the verb eo, to go. Eo ire. Here the plural command, T-E ending. Ite, you all go. Misa est. The Mass is. In other words, the Mass is completed. This is the Mass. Misa est. Ite, misa est. And we say what? Deo gracias, thanks be to God. So that's a nice example of the plural imperative of the verb eo, to go. And number 36, our final one. Panem nostrum quotidianum da nobis quotidie et dimite nobis peccata nostra. Well, you'll notice uh, and you'll hear that, you'll say, ah, oh, yes, that's part of the Our Father, uh, the prayer which Jesus taught us. And indeed, it's the Luke's version. Uh, da nobis quotidie, give to us daily, on a daily basis, panem nostrum quotidianum, our daily bread. There's the object, panem nostrum quotidianum, our daily bread. Da, there's your command from the verb do, dare. Give to us, nobis, dative case of our pronoun, nos. Give to us daily, quotidie, adverb, et dimite, and dismiss, 
or send away from us. Nobis pecata nostra. Nobis pecata nostra. Pecata nostra is the object of dimite. Forgive or send away uh, our sins in reference to us. Dative of reference. Nobis. So that's part of the uh, our Father according to Luke. Give to us today or daily our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we say, pecata nostra, our sins. Very good. So that completes our uh, even-numbered sentences. Let's just for fun take a look at 37 because we say these in church all the time, particularly in good or on Holy Saturday, but at other times when we pronounce the litany of the saints. These are, uh, this is part of the litany of the saints. Sancta Maria, Holy Mary, Ora pro nobis. Notice, ora singular, pray for us. Sancte Petra, Holy Peter, Saint Peter, ora pro nobis, pray on behalf of us. Then we have a plural. Omne sancte discipuli domini. All the holy apostles or disciples of the Lord. And now we have to have the plural imperative. Orate pro nobis. Y'all pray for us. And then Christe. Christ audinos, hear us, command from audio. Christe ex audinos, ex audi, just a stronger form of audi. Hear us again. Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy. Christe eleison, Christ have mercy. Kyrie eleison, of course. Kyrie, Christe, Kyrie are Greek words transliterated or transformed into Latin. And eleison is the Greek uh, word. Uh, in the command form, in the imperative uh, form of uh, the verb that means have mercy. So Christ, or Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. Okay, there you have it. Uh, a lot of drilling on your vocatives and on your imperatives, which was, uh, which, uh, both of which were the uh, point of the lesson last time. And uh, I don't think that's very hard. Uh, they're very difficult to comprehend. Uh, they're fairly easy to cite. And I think when you see them, you'll know how to translate them. So um, very good. With that, uh, we complete our exercises, our homework exercises. And um, as I say every week, if you need more practice, uh, go back and do the uh, odd-numbered exercises. Um, and I think that uh, they're fairly, they're fairly uh, straightforward. Uh, Ken, I uh, apologize on behalf of the book because some of these sentences are a little bit obscure because uh, the uh, author of our book is trying to uh, expose you to um, original Latin found in the Vulgate, but sometimes plucking them out of context uh, either uh, truncates the sentence or the complete thought found in the sentence or the paragraph, or it's uh, rather cryptic out of context. But uh, the nice point is we're reading real Latin from the Vulgate uh, as transmitted to us down through the centuries, and that's a fantastic thing. So next time we'll, we'll see you back here on the uh, audio tape for uh, unit 20. And until that time, uh, keep practicing, keep studying. I hope you're enjoying Latin class. And don't forget, if you have a question,
please don't hesitate to drop me an email at may at stoloff.edu. I'll be more than happy to answer your questions. With that, uh, take care, and we'll talk to you again soon.